pills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. An intimate session today. It's just me and the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton. Very intimate because we have about a hundred people that have decided to stay at the bar today to celebrate with a victory beer. Staying at the bar also because it was a fast game. It's not yeah, even yeah. not even three o'clock Central Time. Uh, I'm Lars. Sorry for the mishap last week. We spent more than an hour recording an episode uh, that had entirely unusable audio coming out of it. So that was a bummer for everybody involved. We got a couple uh, of listeners chiming in more on that later, asking what happened to the episode. Believe me, we would have released it if we had it. Final it was good, too. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, final score in this one, 24-9. Bills over the hapless Washington Redskins. We got the win. We were probably more angry than we should have been for a 15-point spread, or margin, rather. Uh, but we'll get into that, cast. We'll get into all the things about this game that were exciting, that were, that were infuriating. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere where you find podcasts, and tell everybody in Bills Nation how you found this podcast. Cass, let's not waste any more time. The listeners have been waiting two weeks to hear from us. Let's get into this win. We're on the moon now. The Bills are happening now. They're making it happen now. we got the spirit. A lot of spirit, yeah. Bills now 6-2, the first time that the team has gotten to six victories in fewer than ten games here in the 21st century. Last time was 20 years ago in 1999. 6-2. Halfway through the season, eight games to go. Win today, as we all expected. The schedule and the season has shaped out about as well as we could have asked for and probably as good or better than anybody would have predicted. Halfway done, eight games to go. Probably A lot of winnable games, too. A lot of winnable games. Probably only need four of them to make the playoffs. We'll likely get five. But today was not all pretty, Cass. It was a win. You never, you never, you know, discount wins. You take them. We've stacked six of them this year. Virtually none of them have been pretty. And today's was no different. So starting with you, yeah. who was your Jenny Creamel bummer of today's game? Um, and I've taken this before, and I'm going to do it again. The third quarter. What the hell do they do inside the locker room? that every single time we come out in the third quarter and just stall. Specifically on offense. On offense, yes. Because the defense certainly found its purpose defending the run in the second Second half, half, which they didn't Yes, which which I think there were some changes that they made on the up front there. But, uh, you know, the – I, the third quarter, like, when are we ever just going to, like, take it to them, take it to the jugular, like, knock them out of the game? It was just terrible. And, and I feel like it starts with Dable. I don't know if he shifts his play calling or if the skins. They made some good adjustments, and they were able to shut down some, some of our running game. But, oh, my God, the first couple possessions to start the third quarter were just horrific. And, and with any good team that we play, they're going to punish you with that. Yeah, that's what happened last week. And you can't take a quarter and a half off on offense. That's how we lost to the Eagles last week. And we did it again today. Completely just fell asleep. I'm like, what are they doing? Are they are they taking a laxative in the like the locker room during halftime and they're all just come out and to crap the bed? I don't know. But it's awful. They need to fix it. We're lucky we they we were able to the defense was able to step up today. 
But moving forward, third quarter, God damn it, please stop it. It's so frustrating. And that's an interesting image you've conjured because, yes, there does seem to be a bed associated with our play in the third quarter because everybody looks like they've fallen asleep, not least of which is Brian Dable. And again, we've been doing this podcast now. This is season 11 of this podcast, Cassie. And when have you ever heard me complain about play calling? Not, not a lot. Virtually never. Yeah. Famously, in 2011, maybe 10, 12, I don't remember. Famously, Chan Gailey said about why Fred Jackson was getting more touches than C.J. Spiller. It was just Fred's turn. Which, in retrospect, you know, probably for the better because he was the, he was the superior running back. But it sure feels like today was Frank Gore's turn. And when it wasn't Frank Gore's turn, things went well. When it was Frank Gore's turn, things did not go well. They went very, very badly. Oh, terribly. It took four plays to punch it in from 24 inches to end the first half. They turned the ball over on downs to start the second half because they couldn't get it in short yardage. Several other times in short yardage situations, we couldn't get the first. Every time, it was a heavy set to Frank Gore. We get down inside the five-yard line. We spread it out and hand it to Devin Singletary. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Voila, touchdown. Oh, my God, that worked. Runs into the end zone, untouched. Didn't have to carry four defenders on his back to get there. So I don't know if this belongs to Dable or to Frank Gore or to the offensive line or whoever it is. But if you're giving yours to the third quarter, I'm giving it to short yardage running plays. To Frank Gore. With heavy packages. It's, it just didn't work. I, the thing is, is like I, I appreciated when we are, we are first and goal, short yardage on the goal line, right? I agreed with running the ball all four times. But not lining up and doing it again and again and again. And, you know, I wish we were live to our listeners right now. I mean, it's just barely 3 o'clock Central Time here. By the time you are hearing this podcast, you've likely heard this take a dozen oh, times. Oh, yes. But we are on it, folks, because there's no, there's no reason why in a game we were up and going to win at home, I should have been as upset as I was. But I was today. Like, I was, I was ready to throw and break another ketchup bottle here at the bar. <laughs> Because Watch out, Forks. Forks, beware. This heavy package bullshit on third and short just wasn't working. And it was crushing this team's ability to just put the game away. But the thing is, is holistically, if you looked at our running game during the first quarter and a half, Singletary was working across the board. So it's like, all right, when we get down to the goal line, why is Singletary not going to work? He's been working in every single yardage plays up until that point. So at least at one point, give the ball to Singletary and just have him beat somebody to the corner. There's no reason why he can't make that play work. So let's put that on a bottle for a second because while we're still on the Jenny Creamville bummer of the week, Josh Allen, stop fucking fumbling the ball. Oh my God. Just stop doing it, man. We get it. Like, but you can like stop trying to like hit stick a defensive back. Just go down, bro. And when he did fumble, he didn't get the first down. Just slide. Christ. And, and consistent with what we're saying here, I'd rather be third and three than third and one. Yes. Because at least on third and three, Dable's less tempted to go power eye, four tight ends, straight up the middle with Frank Gore. 
At least on third and three, we might see something that actually works, like a quick out to Beasley. Easy money on that touchdown, by the way, to, to start the game. But, hey, we won. We did. I, I think there's one other kind of honorable mention that's needed out there. It, it's twofold. It's tackling, right? Like, can we bring somebody down? Can our defensive line, the only person today that did it well was Jordan Phillips that went in and actually took Haskins who, and brought him down. Who would have thought that he would be in the conversation for first half of the year team MVP? Oh, my gosh. Well, and here's the other thing. Star Latule was... I, I don't know. I swear we pulled him in the second half. So you you kept saying that. I was Cass. like, I don't see him out there. I don't see well, him out this, there. This will, you know, like they do do the breakdowns of snap counts. It'll be talked about tonight. Sal will probably go into it in depth tomorrow in his show. I think you're onto something here. We brought up Vincent Taylor. Man's a house. Oh, yeah. House on legs out there. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. In the first half, if. You know, Star was out there. I saw him a bunch. And then in the second half, I didn't see him. And I think what it was is we just needed big bodies in there, right? Just like big, fat guys. We just needed a guy who was going to make a play. Yeah. Beat the guy in front of him. And Jordan Phillips, he comes to play. I mean, he gets, like, worked up out there. I don't know where Jerry Hughes is, right? Like, Pretty much non-existent out there. I will say I do feel like him and Trent did a nice job of setting the setting the corners today, not letting a lot of running to the left or to the right. We just got beat up the middle. And that was where Star came into play. And then finally when Jordan Phillips came in and played more snaps, I feel like they finally were able to stop and plug up that middle. I don't know what was going on in the first half. I don't know what they did differently in the second half. We're, we're sitting at the bar watching the broadcast. We're yeah. not, we don't have the all-22s. Yeah. Uh, between the between all of the members of the Bills and Beers crew, we've played collectively zero downs of organized football. <laughs> so I don't know what the difference was. If it was a personnel thing, because people have been bitching about Star Latule all week, and not least of which is because of how much money that guy's making yeah. to play half the snaps and to not even do well when he does. But okay, seriously, Cass, yeah, 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 we did I know, win I know, the game. Labat <laughs> Blue MVP. We put him on a shelf. You want to get to him last, or should we name a couple people before I, we talk? You about know what? I'm going to name someone that I, again, love to give praise to. Trey White? Uh, it, yes, ex Trey White's very good, but is quietly, again, having a hell of a season yeah. with the Buffalo Bills. Now, today, only four receptions. And a big for drop. For 76 yards, a big drop. Well, uh, inconsequential, but like. Two, well, two, two. The, the one where he went up, that there was clearly uh, pass, pass interference. Yeah. Uh, and then the one where Allen did scramble out and it just went off of Brown's fingertips. But on third and long, in, in any time, we need a big play. He's it. Yeah. He is a big play machine. You're talking about? I'm talking about John Brown, baby. Okay, there it is. Uh, sorry, sorry. I thought, I thought it was just clear. Yeah, it's obvious. The, the one thing that I think is, is hard is he's not putting up touchdowns. So I don't think he's getting the love or kind of the the – Getting himself out there in Bills Nation or outside to the you know all the pundits across across the the world, but uh, he is a really really good wide receiver, and he is a number one. And I I, I don't need anyone else but him. Well, there you have it. Um, I, yeah, let's talk about Trey White. He got another big sack today. He kept he kept the rookie um, pretty well in check. Uh, you know, Haskins didn't really scare anybody in this one. 
Uh, but, you know, we don't often blitz Trey White. We did today. Yeah, that was it, awesome. It, yeah, it was awesome. Haskins, Haskins was on the turf almost before the ball was in his hands. Uh, and, you know, let's just – but because he's always the talk of the town, Josh Allen had a fine game today. Yes, he did. He fumbled the damn ball again. He's got to knock that shit off. But he's still very efficient. He didn't have to do much today. And because of some of the boneheaded run plays that were called – there wasn't much asked of him, but when, when you know, yeah, when things were asked of him, he did a nice job scrambling. Uh, he he also did a nice job finding uh, probably who we're going to talk about right now, Singletary on a few checkdown kind of short throws. Boy, the Devin Singletary story. So all of last week, everybody was rip shit that he wasn't getting more touches. Uh, a lot of people laid the uh, the Eagles' loss at the feet of Devin Singletary not being involved in the offense. Well. Yeah. He got involved today. What did he finish with, 140 all-purpose yards? Uh, let's see. Uh, almost 100 rushing yards, so 95 rushing yards on 20 carries, and then 45 receiving, so just shy, 140 all-purpose yards. Yeah. And a touchdown. It was nice for him to get in the end zone. So, I, yeah, it was nice for him to get in the end zone, but, you know, the uh, this team has got to figure out what his role and what Frank Gore's role is. It sure felt like Dable couldn't get it straight until too well. It wasn't too late because we won the game, but until after it failed too many times today, that seems like it's a missing piece. Yeah, like we 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 got to figure out how to keep defenses honest with the run using Singletary as a weapon. Using Singletary, but I also think it's the motion, yeah. right? Yeah. The the Knox or McKenzie, McKenzie. kind of running horizontal horizontally across the offensive line. I feel like we had a lot more success today when there was some bit of motion in the backfield rather than just straight handoffs, right? That, I think, is the key to just creating confusion on the defense. And, boy, I'll tell you what. Devin Singletary is 5 inches and 30 pounds and about 1.5 miles per hour away from being, like, a yeah. elite best all time because he does everything else well yeah his timing his patience his ability to make guys miss in tiny little spaces his acceleration to the hole to get where he needs to go and pick up yards and then pick up maybe three or four extra yards at the end of runs because he stops on a dime makes a guy miss and then just plows forward he is fun to watch he is very good yes he makes it and you know you know that he's good because he makes it look easy a lot like Fred Jackson in that way. Uh, and I think with him also it's part of a rhythm. Yes. Right? So establishing him early today was able to build into a rhythm and kind of build up some confidence um, to where he kind of continued to just perform and perform and perform, which is what I think he needs. So we're heading into the second half of the season now. Big game next week in Cleveland. I probably won't be watching it. I might be watching it. I don't know. I'm, I'm doing a little thing this week called having a kid, so schedule may be a little tied up next Sunday. <laughs> Kid's probably coming on Friday. Uh, but it's promising to see the team get its act together twice, well, three times really, because they figured out how to run the ball, then figured out how not run to run the ball, then figured out how to run the ball <laughs> yeah. again, and then figured out how to stop the run all in the same game. And I'd, I'd like to think the pieces are coming together and this team, as we've seen the last couple of years, sort of like uh, mid-season, sort of 
fumbles around to find its way and then they kind of lock it in. We really only need four wins to be serious contenders for the playoffs. Five will pretty much do it. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. And I feel good that, like, yeah, I think we can we can be confident that making Devin Singletary a more featured part of the offense is, yep. a, is a big – and if this means Vincent Taylor is a – is a guy who they rely on inside next to Jordan Phillips or whomever. I'm very curious to see those snap counts when they come out. You know, th I think this team, if you can get six wins in the first eight games, regardless of what your schedule is, while you're searching in the darkness trying to find your identity and then you have it for the last eight games, that's a great spot to be in. Yeah, and I think this was a big game. And I think the fourth quarter, honestly, was pretty big, right? Because third, like I said, we kind of crapped the bed. First half was really bad for the defense. They kind of figured it out in the fourth quarter is what I it mean, felt like. The, the defense was bad. They only gave up six points. I mean, they still yeah. kept them out of the end zone. Uh, the, the Redskins now haven't scored a touchdown in 13 quarters. Oh, my God. That's awful. Yeah, that's, I mean, that was <laughs> us last year. Yeah. I mean, that was us last year, this time of year. Yeah. It was the Green Bay game, the Bears game, and the Colts game. I think three straight games we didn't get an offensive touchdown. So we've been there. We've, it hurts. It hurts. It's really boring, too. And uh, let's just let, let's, let's kind of end this segment with that, too, because we touched on – and again, now it's hard for me to remember because we recorded a podcast last week that didn't get aired, so now I don't know if I'm repeating myself <laughs> or not. And I might be, but nobody would know it. Um, there are nine new starters on this offense. One of them, well, not one of them. One of the returning starters is Josh Allen, who everybody agreed was the project quarterback who needed a lot of time to develop. So we got nine new starters. Including the center who basically touches the ball every, every single snap. time. Nine new starters on an offense. Let's, like, let's just close our eyes and remember that streak last year. And if you don't, Pull up our podcast from those games because it was brutal. We had people, and we talked about it on the show that it, during those stretches, that people would come up to us in the bar here and say, what are you guys going to talk about? <laughs> what is there to talk about at this team? They're so bad. So that's where we were. We added nine new starters, and we're upset because we only beat the Redskins 24-9. I'd say that's a, that's a pretty good place to be in. We've got high expectations. Yes. But those expectations should be consistent with where, like, what the baseline was. And the baseline was last year, and it was a travesty. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good, Cass. That's, that's a great point. And, yeah, you're right. I was, if you were at the bar today, <laughs> I, I, was, I was screaming. We were screaming. Everybody around us was like, what the hell is going on over there? Dropping some F-bombs. Sorry, Mrs. Day. Uh, and... You're right, Lars. It's, yeah, uh, it's putting it all into perspective of where we've been, where we're going, and how we're going to finish. And I think all we have to do is keep it going, right? It's, we're on an upswing. Let's keep the upswing going. 100% agree. I don't know. Do we have any other word from our correspondents? We've got Bill. You know what? This is a shining star in the podcast <laughs> this week. Right. Bill Nichols is going to be joining us. All right, fantastic. Let's get Bill on the line. Um, yeah. We're six and two, Cass. Go Bills. That's awesome. That's awesome.
Well, he's the hardest working Chicago landlord living in Milwaukee. He's Buffalo Bill Nichols. He's Mr. Fix-It. Just Fix-It! Lots to fix about this team, lots to be happy about, lots to not be happy about. Bill, what are your takeaways from today's game? Well, first of all, guys, I'm sitting here looking out my window. I got my 11-month-pregnant uh, well, wife, whatever you call it. No, She's 11 months, months pregnant? Eight months. Eight Bill, months, eight married, months. married to an elephant. Yeah. She's blow, uh, first, uh, who picks up their blown leaves right now? And I'm the only one on the block with leaves in my yard. But it's like, why pick up your leaves like 10 times? Why don't you just do it when like all the leaves are falling? I don't get why people like, it's like, oh, my, oh no, like I have 10 leaves on my lawn. I'm just going to go get out my rake. You live, Bro, in the, you live in the suburbs. It's called keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, man. I guess so. I guess so. Well, um, obviously just, you know, good to get a vi <laughs> another victory. I mean, it just feels like, how are we pulling these off? What is this team exactly? Um, so I was thinking as, as I was watching the game today, I was just thinking of different analogies, which can be dangerous when I start thinking of analogies. But um, the, one that, the one that sort of popped into my mind was, uh, I don't think, have you guys ever had one of those sort of, they can be pretty janky, but like those bifold doors in large. You know which one I'm talking about in my place in Chicago? Yes, yes. Yeah. So like they're according and bifold doors or whatever. And I no have them on, what, I have them on closets throughout my home right now. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. And so I mean they're pretty cheap in general, right? Um, they tend to work, um, you know. And but like once they sort of start to get off the, yes. the hinges a little bit, it's like, you know, massive, all bets are massive off. pain in the ass. Exactly. So you know you fiddle around with the top, you fiddle around with the bottom. Watching YouTube videos, how exactly do I fix this? Like, but then you sort of start to get it to work again, and then. I finally came up with a pretty good solution. Actually, I give props to my uh, brother-in-law, Malcolm, for this. But I put a screw, because it wasn't lining up in the, in the sort of top part. Like, it wasn't um, pushing up into the, in the plastic hole. So I put a screw in there to give it some more height. And it's, I mean, it's stuck now for about, I haven't heard any issues, at least, for about three years. Wow. So this thing, I've checked back in my place a couple times, and yes, it is still working, but there's some, there's some little actually cracks to the wood because it's closing too tight. And so, so it's working too with, good. Where, where I'm going with this is it's this thing is working like the, the machine's working right now. We're getting wins somehow. Like somehow this door is still working, but man, I mean it is it is not built for long for long term success. Some sometimes the, the cracks are going to keep cracking. This door is going to completely fall off the hinges. Uh, it's just not it's not built to last. So where's so, where is this team compromised then for for long-term success? Where where what are we missing? Yeah, well the offense just not clicking. So we don't know we don't know what we're doing. I, I tell you what, I mean great to see it's great when we as fans well we've said this before. It's like, you know, you call for you call for certain plays to be called or you call for certain changes just us amongst like, you know, better fans. Uh, so last week, obviously, the whole Devin Singletary thing and, you know, him getting a lot of carries and, I mean, that completely changes changes the game, right? I mean, he's, he was a game changer. So do we, are we able to continue, a, continue to find a way to get him the ball, to feed him, um, you know, but are just, even with his solid play, our offense just doesn't have any rhythm. It's like, it's like two bad 
like, you know, one good play or, you know, we get an offsides. I was sort of lucky. And then we knock off like a 15 yarder. It just doesn't seem like we have any sort of rhythm, um, no identity. So, so that, I mean, that, that's really where it, I, I think we'll figure out the whole run defense. Um, but I, I, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the biggest thing. I think that's holding us back and sorry, you're breaking up a little bit if you're trying to say something. No, not at all, but that's a good continuation of where we left off the last segment talking about seems like they've they every year under Sean McDermott we've had to go through the challenges to figure out the solution. Feels like we're coming out of the can't stop the run challenge. We still don't have a pass rush, so maybe we'll figure that one out. Right. But we are still also piecing it together on offense, but here we are 8 games into the season and we've won 6 of them. So if we if 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 it, things continue to coalesce and we keep moving towards a solution, it does it does bode well moving forward. Yeah, I guess so, and it's just weird because this team just does not seem that good. It's the weirdest thing, man. Like, I mean, I watch, I don't watch a lot of other games, but the games that I do watch, I'm just like, man, like. I wish we could do that. And maybe I'm watching it through like a different lens because it's, I'm not picking apart every single thing that we're, you know, this other team is doing wrong, but like, just, you know, we don't have every once in a while we'll have that drive. Um, we could probably pick them out on, on, on one, on one hand, um, the drives that we've had where it's just been like, you know, like first down, move those chains, like just that, that we're on rhythm. I think we had one today. That was like that. Um, I've got a bad memory, so couldn't tell you which exact one is. But I felt like there was one drive where we really sort of strung together some nice plays and looked like we had things going for us. But I don't know. Just worries me. Not sure if we're going to be able to, uh, you know, sustain success uh, on on the offense. Well, but well, as we mentioned already, big one next week in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, which Cleveland doesn't scare me. Um, I liken it to the to the Eagles game. I think it could go either way. Uh, a team that's uh, here's the difference. Talk about a well coached team. Doug Peterson is a good coach. Freddie yes. Kitchens is not a good not coach. a good coach. 100. So when agree. it comes down to, I mean, the like Sean, Sean McDermott led team. And I hate to say the whole discipline thing because I think I probably said that under Rex Ryan, but um, I do think we're in some some games because of. Um, good coaching, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, hard to say on the offensive side of the ball. But um, with that said, I think uh, we'll be able to at least minimize the Browns' uh, points that they score. Uh, if we hold them to, to 20, I think that's all you can ask. I don't think the Browns are going to score 20 on us, though. I think we'll probably hold them. We'll probably have a day with, uh, with Baker, make him look like a chump. Josh Allen uh, have another decent game. We'll probably win the game, you know, 20, 22 to 17 or something like that. Well, and we'll come out of it being like, I don't know, uh, cool, but we're seven and two. That sounds good. Yeah, Bill. One <laughs> thing. One thing I'm surprised you didn't talk about that did get fixed today. Yeah. Was the procedural penalties? Yeah. 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 Much yeah. better. Um, much better. Much. Much better. And here's why I didn't mention because there weren't a lot of penalties across the board. So I don't know if the refs, like this particular crew, just doesn't call a lot of penalties and those things like still did exist, but. Um, regardless, you're right. I mean, those types of things that like shot us in the foot. The only thing that shot us in the foot was, uh, you know, the Josh Allen fumble. Um, well, almost, I guess almost shot us in yeah. the foot. Yeah. Fumble and Quentin Spain, man, dude, I don't, I mean, he, he gets himself like you can, 
I feel like you can uh, whiff on a couple uh, run plays or, you know, do a couple bad things because that fumble recovery was huge. It was huge. And that first down to John Brown, massive. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely yeah. massive. Put the game Even away. though it was set. Yeah. Well, what were you drinking up there in Milwaukee today? I was just drinking another blue, man. It's just I'm keeping my fridge stocked with blue. Uh, every once in a while, I'll have, an, I'll have an IPA or a double IPA mixed in, but keep my keep my stomach together, um, you know, and uh, I guess basically I just eat a lot of bad food and then drink the bad blue instead of, you know, crushing IPAs and things, things so, seem to be going all right. So, sounds hey, like you live in Buffalo. Yeah, whatever works, bro. Whatever works. Keep getting those wins, man. Stack them while we can. Amen to that. Well, until next week, hopefully we make it all the way to seven and two. We're six and two <laughs> at the halfway point. Hey, let's I'll not complain. It. We'll take it. Yeah. Go Bills. Take it. Go Bills. All right, go Bills. Later, guys. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. The wild card. This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills drinking beer. Um, not so much the case for me. I was having a setter, but Cass, you'd be proud. So this weekend, I've also been enjoying a prairie path Ooh. from Two Floyds, which is a golden. Golden ale. Golden ale. Really? Gluten-free golden ale. Gluten-free golden. Wow. And I've been enjoying it quite a bit, probably because it tastes like beer. Yeah, so you're not... You're, this is now called Bills Insiders. Oh, please. <laughs> Enough of that. Yeah. Um, so I do have an exam tomorrow. Uh, I'm, I'm going back to school, getting my MBA, so I have an econ exam. So I did not partake. I had, a, I had a blue light. However, my husband did come to the bar and ordered from uh, Metropolitan, which is a lovely um, brewery here in Chicago, right off of Belmont Avenue, right by the river. And they have this beer called the Ark Welder, and it's a Dunkel rye. Ooh. So it's a dark rye beer. Um, and it's the world's first true beer style in notes str- uh, with notes of malt, uh, strong notes of malt. This balanced beer is perfect for cold fall days, which is today. So yeah, yeah, today's uh, a, yeah. Metropolitan doing great stuff. You can get a chance to get their Dunkel Rye. It is, it is exceptional. I did take a few sips of it. Good for you. Um, so we talk about the Buffalo Bills here. We're very serious about it. Very, uh, but Very. it's a good time, or it's a good chance to pull back and offer thanks and appreciation for our fans, others out there in the pod universe. We have a lot of fun Twitter back and forth with our friends over uh, B Bills next year, and um, had a good, nice back and forth with Frank about getting a new rig set up for whatever's going to happen. Now that I'm going to have two children here in less than a week, and um, we got to get. Uh, Paul back on for a This Day in Bill's History before the year's over. Which, can I just comment in? Go ahead. I was listening to Bill's Baby Next Year uh, this week, and the fact that these guys could not get the Anquan Bolden answer just, like, blew my mind. Every- I was like, what? I'm, like, on the train, like, screaming out loud, Anquan Bolden. Like, people turned around and looked at me, and I was like, oh, crap, be quiet, be quiet. There are a couple... Every once in a while, Paul asks like a really good yeah. like head scratcher that like I'll get, but like that, that was a, I can't believe I got that. But there are a lot of times where I'm like Anquan Bolden, you morons! It's Anquan Bolden. Um, but yeah, I love their show. Of course, Rock Power Report. We go back and forth on a lot. We tried to have him on this year. Had some audio difficulties. So thank you to everybody out there grinding away doing a fan podcast for free. And also thank you to the listeners. We yes. had a nice little exchange. Like I said, a couple of people reached out because we 
because we whiffed on our, our show last week. But uh, if ever you're in the London, Ontario area and you've got a flyering need, by all means, hit up the good folks at London, London Flyer Distributing and uh, TJ Robinson in particular. He's the boss there. Uh, he plays our show for the crew every Monday. Very grateful for that. Folks, thanks for listening. And uh, keep flyering all of the greater London, Ontario area. Is that uh, like fly fishing? Or? No, flyer, like handing out flyers. Oh! Like direct marketing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we had, a, we had a fan here in the bar uh, approach us today, Greg, who apparently has an EJ Gaines story that he's dying to share. So we're going to get him on uh, one of our episodes here once things start slowing down at the end of the year. Maybe it won't, though, this year. Maybe things won't slow yeah, right? down. We'll just keep running on. But, Greg, thanks for coming up, man. We, uh, we really, really do appreciate it when people say nice things. We've been encouraging folks to leave nice reviews for the last couple weeks, and you guys have been. That's awesome. Uh, but, you know, we do this for us because it's cathartic, but mostly we do it for you. And since you listen, we continue to do these. And when you give us praise and you say nice things, it feels really nice. We so, will take constructive criticism. Yeah, if it's if it's sensical. Exactly. Because a lot of the constructive criticism we get is not. <laughs> uh, Cass, going over to you now. Get us going with the wild card. Yeah, so uh, I forgot what we landed at. Oh, yeah, so, so Sujit, we have this kind of love-hate relationship with Sujit. Um, <laughs> in the fact that we love him because Generally he's speaking, Suji. Yeah. We hate him because we feel like he purposefully sabotages the, I, the rig board uh, to just screw with us. And I kind of am like going, like making this correlation of like how this is connected to the Bills, right? Like, oh, the, the run defense is fine. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, we screw with it. And then it just completely goes to craps. So the question is, is what are things, give us an example in your life of something you continually screw with when you should just leave it as it is and it will be fine. I mean, this is like a, you know, you could write a whole like volume of parenting books around this concept alone. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it. But um, w one thing in particular, and, if, and you'll have to uh, excuse me, listeners who are not parents i'm i'm about to have a second kid when i say i my wife of course we are about to have a second kid uh you know praying for good health and everything goes smoothly this week but um when it comes to sleeping and nighttime and sleep training in general here's a pro tip for you that haven't yet dipped your toe into the parenting thing or may someday soon the more you do to try and fix it the worse it gets okay <laughs> Um, and I have a wife, God bless her, who wants nothing but the best for our son. And unfortunately, her efforts to give him a good night's sleep and intervene and try to get him to calm down more often than not results in him being up longer than he w otherwise would have been. And I, and I hate to, like, throw her under the bus here and make this about her, but, like, that's a big lesson. And it's something that her and I are at odds about, like, constantly. But... Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, hey, just like just let him do his thing. You go in, you're going to wake him up more, okay? We, like, we got a kid who he's got a really bad case of FOMO, doesn't want to go to sleep. You know, yeah, he, yeah. he will sing himself to sleep some, some afternoons like he did today. Just leave it alone. Suge, stop touching the fucking knobs. <laughs> I would totally agree. Uh, 
The one example that I'm going to give, and for our female listeners out there, you may have experienced this same thing in the past. Actually, this gives me an idea, too. And again, it's not something I can change, but you... The moment you said that, I had something else come to mind that I, I want to mention. So go ahead. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll lead into this. So as um, females do, right, we tend to um, try to follow fads. We try to make ourselves look as good as humanly possible can all I, the time. Can I, can I guess what you're going to talk about? Yeah, maybe. What Are you going to talk it? about eyebrows? Oh, eyebrows is one of them. Because that is that's, an excellent that's what I, one. That's what I want to say. But you go ahead uh, and do your thing. I am actually going to talk about my hair. Okay, yeah. yeah so, yeah. growing up, you know, every girl tries to be a blonde, right? And as a younger child, I was a blonde. But then you get older, and it goes away. And I am not a natural blonde. So, for years and years and years, I dyed my hair. And a few times, I tried to do it myself. <laughs> and that never goes well. To the point where it costs you probably almost double to then go into a salon to yes. have them not only fix what you screwed up, but then make it look the way that you wanted it to look. So I had done that one time, and I was talking to my aunt. She's very smart. She literally looked at me and goes, why are you screwing with your hair? And I was like, what are you talking about? It needs to look a certain way. She goes, you're going to get to those years where you have to color your hair yeah. because it's gray or, you know, it's just, it doesn't look good. When you until you get to that age, don't do anything. Let your freak flag just li- fly. Exactly. Just go all natural. Just go with what color God gave you. And oh my God, it was the best advice <laughs> ever. Number one, do saving I have, you a lot of money? Saving me a ton of money, right? But number two, I, I, you know, I have a, a rather unique color hair, and it mm-hmm. came up on Friday. People are like, "Well, it's red." No, it's brown. No, it's got some blonde in there. But I just let the natural go. And God, it's so much easier. It's like, stop screwing with it. Just go with all natural. Josh Allen, don't, don't try to make him into the quarterback that he isn't. Ooh, like Let that. him be who he is, like the game today. And I think he played pretty well. So if I might pile on to your point a little bit too. Eyebrows is a great one. For, yeah, we'll get to eyebrows in a second. But specifically to you, here's the other thing too. Half the population for whom I'm about to speak, okay, didn't notice the change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. So, so like, I've never never given two thoughts to your hair, okay? <laughs> it looks fine now. Yes. But, like, if you would have said, like, I've been dying it for the 13 years we've been sitting here watching Bill's game together, I'd look at you and go, oh, yeah, sure, totally. Yeah, sure, I can see that. Sure. And then in the back of your mind, you're thinking, what a waste of money. Yeah, I'm thinking I've never <laughs> noticed. Now that you mention it, I still don't notice it. So, yeah, ladies, half the population will not, unless you do something crazy, like you're, like, you look like Jackie, where you like, have a very Mediterranean look, then all of a sudden you come in and you're bleach blonde. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I feel like more often than not, the dyeing of the hair for women is sort of like subtle around. That's what Jackie does, too. And she looks better. She, she actually did it herself this week. It oh, looks, nice. Great. It, looks, it worked. It looks quite nice, but like, okay, I liked it. I liked how it looked before. Yeah. Like, it's not for me, you know, yeah. we're, we're kind of nibbling around, the, nibbling around the edges here. She likes it, so I guess that's important. But eyebrows. <laughs> yes. Ladies, here's the deal. You would be better off not touching your eyebrows than going too far for, with the eyebrows. Then you would be going way too far with the eyebrows and having to draw <laughs> them on. Wait, so which, which is too far? Because the pendulum like, of eyebrows has swung in the last 10 to 15 years. There, I feel like there is... You, you can get away with so much when it comes to the natural look for eyebrows. 
But that moment you go too thin, yes, like that's what I'm talking about. Like you, like you, you're fine, 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 not fine. Like and you, there's a lot of room. But the more you tinker, the more you, you're you're getting dangerously close oh, to yeah. that steep precipice. Oh yeah, 2003. I went and got my eyebrows done, and the lady just like I was almost. I felt like I was bald as a baby's bottom. They were so terrible. And then I went to Italy. So I have all of these pictures from studying abroad in Italy with the worst eyebrows known to man. And it took a long time yes. for them to grow back. Yes, and, and like, that's the other thing, too. Hey, half the population ain't going to notice until they're bad. Bad. And the more you fuss with them, the more likely they are to be bad. Well, I didn't know if you were going to take it the other way because there's bushy eyebrows now or, like, the thing. Yeah. And, like, like, people drawing them on, like super thick don't draw that rule of thumb don't draw yeah yeah fill just in don't do it just just make them look natural but i follow this girl on instagram and every time i see her i'm like oh my god those can't be natural it looks like caterpillars above her eyes you heard it here folks first folks this is a great episode for me <laughs> yeah, thank right? you yeah, good. good i'm glad this has worked out well for you uh so yeah browns next week uh they're playing the they're playing the broncos here uh we got it up there down seven nothing i mean I, I worry that we're going to play a very talented team at home that, like the Eagles, is hungry and desperate for a win. If they, yeah. if they somehow manage to lose to the fucking Broncos. But, boy, like, we need like we need this one. We, yeah. We need this one or the Steelers game. Yep. Big time. Um, and we need we need both the Jets and the, the Dolphins, Dolphins games. Dolphins, correct. And then we're kind of, like, there. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I would take – Here's a question for you before we wrap up. Would you take the Cowboys win on Thanksgiving or beat the Patriots in New England? Oh, Patriots. Patriots? I don't know. Conference, division, but like we're Pri- not going to. Prime time in, in, on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, we're not going to beat We're not gonna beat the Patriots true. in the division now. True. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Like the, and I'm sure that's what uh, uh, it's going to be talked about a lot this week. Like we're, we're not in the division race, which is absurd. We're six and two. Our fifty dollars bets. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh well. Well, uh, yeah. So I don't know what the deal is next week. Uh, I'm gonna leave the rig with you, Cass. All right. And if I have to walk you guys through what it takes to record, and I have to call in myself, I will. But I don't think I'll be here next week because I'm I'm about to go have another child. So wish me luck with that. Uh, and six and two. Six eight, and two. Eight games to go, and I don't, I can't think of a single player on our roster, Josh Allen included, who even if we lost, that the whole thing's going to fall apart. Uh, it's going to take a systemic meltdown, which of course we've all seen and experienced, and is, yes, a possibility. It is always a possibility. But is it going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think we're going to make the playoffs again. Um, and yeah, but we'll start next week with the Browns. And once that game's over, maybe you'll hear from us, maybe you won't. Don't know. Uh, we'll talk then. All right. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Jackie. Don't touch your eyebrows. The Bills make me wanna shout.